let the fit hit the shan, baby. This is Drew here with my little sister, Ashley, and best friend, DJ Derek. And you're Whoop. listening to New Release, a movie podcast with a time-traveling twist. Ashley, when are we now? Well, there's nothing like early September in the summer of 1990. The mall's a playground of power walkers by day, only to become a teen daycare when school lets out. Meanwhile, Sinead O'Connor has just won Best Music Video of the Year for Nothing Compares to You at the 7th Annual MTV Music Awards. And as if that wasn't enough, you can catch Christian Slater playing a pirate radio DJ and pump up the volume this weekend, now showing at a theater near you. Well, let's go. Okay. Guess who? You sit next to him all year. You out there? You listening? And never notice him. You can almost taste it. The rankness in the air. He's the guy who lights up the night. He's got a pirate radio station. They say that I am deluged. Oh, demented. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, guess what I say? Christian Slater. Get crazy! Pump up the vlog. Rated R. Preview Sunday, August 19th. Opens August 22nd. Rated okay. R for a pirate radio. <laughs> mm, good one. Good one. Thank you. Thank so, you. <laughs> so yeah, we just got out of scene. Pump up the volume starring Christian Slater and Samantha Mathis. So Ashley, uh, you had, we all have some kind of history with Christian Slater and I'm sure we'll get into that, but it sounds like Derek and I just had somehow completely overlooked this movie. I had barely heard of it but you claim to have seen it before i rented it so okay yeah um because at first i was like this movie sounds really familiar and i couldn't remember if i'd seen it or not and i started watching i was like oh i've definitely seen this movie um and i'm proud to say i'm the only one of the three that have seen it yeah a rare feat when um when when was this that you would have rented it um what age i would say it had to be like middle school Okay. On VHS then. Yeah. Yeah. So you watched it at our shared household. I might've watched it with uh, Katie. Okay. I don't know if I watched it. I don't think I watched it at our house. All right. Well, can we get Katie on the line and confirm this? Yeah. Yeah. So like Heather's is one of my favorite movies. I'm sure when this came out three years later uh, after that, a lot of people compared kind of like the dark take the very cynical, um, disaffected high school uh, personality played by Christian Slater in both movies. So I was, it was a familiar role. This movie doesn't have quite as much murdering as as um, Heather's. It's not as kind of like um, f- much of like a fantasy, a dark, twisted fantasy. This is has some over the top elements, but for the most part, it's grounded in kind of a uh, a believable reality. Um, so, so yeah, I was, I was really excited to see this because for a couple of years I've been trying to track down a copy. Uh, but it turns out you can't stream this anywhere because of music licensing issues, killer soundtrack mm-hmm. in this movie way ahead of its time. And so naturally we picked 1990 to travel back to so that we could <laughs> finally see this movie and the the best presentation possible uh derek what um what about you had you heard of this had you seen this same yeah. as you the title sounds familiar although it might have been a different like a song title for all i know right. but yeah mm-hmm. ne- i've never seen this and i'm excited to talk about it yeah and it reminded i mean it didn't remind me exactly but and we used to drive around in Portland on Sundays, typically, and look for this like strange radio station. Oh, what was yeah. it called? KRZY. Oh yeah, crazy. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, and it was oh. like we found good, some good information on I it. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Just, it was like it was a pirate radio station yeah. because you couldn't always get that signal if you left thousand yards from there <laughs> yeah you can always get the signal and did it like move i don't know if the numbers ever moved around was the idea in this movie and other pirate movies that they like change uh their their call numbers here not their call numbers they, they change the frequency that they're on 
periodically or no? I don't think so. Otherwise, they wouldn't have gotten viewers viewership that well, knew, I thought like when to tune in and which station. Well, unless... they knew it was they knew it was 10 p.m. every night. But I thought maybe he like they had to like hunt around the dial because you could find I mean, you could go through the whole dial on a radio. Um, I think it was pretty the quickly. same station. OK, well, yeah, that works. Yeah. You can set a preset for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, it, for any viewers or listeners that are listening via their ears right now to our podcast. Uh, if you want to use your ears to listen to uh, KRZY, I think it's 96.7. Is it still you happening? Can, uh, not as dramatically as when Drew and I, Drew and I listened to it. It, it was, was just, it was wild. A DJ doing some sort of weird, just one sound for like 30 minutes. And then it would turn into some like hip hop, like DJ oh. event. It was really interesting. Yeah, it would really yeah. slowly build into a song, but it was almost like dead air where occasionally like um, you could hear like ghost sounds creeping in oh. that were a part of a song. Eventually it would turn out, but it would just be like such a dramatically long build up. Wow, before okay. anything happened so yeah it was it was compelling radio totally different than um the way christian slater comes on the air yeah. he um and how he pumped up the volume yeah yeah so he comes on he comes on hot um actually what did you think <laughs> of his the 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 hard harry persona or harry, harry hard on happy harry hard on happy harry hard on yeah um the triple h he yeah. was wonderful <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's like super extremely entertaining like you never know what he's gonna say you don't know the music was all over the place that he played. Um, I just, I loved him. I loved him so much. Yeah. At 10 PM every night, um, this song would come on announcing the start of his broadcast. Let's, let's hear just a taste. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Yeah, so Leonard Cohen's Everybody Knows uh, would announce the arrival of Happy Harry Hardon every night. And then he would launch into typically like a kind of um, angry, aggressive, fired up monologue about mm-hmm. the current state of America about of course like typical high school complaints how the teachers are treating them unfairly and then he would start uh simulating masturbation on the air yeah like every name. yeah every episode yeah. or every <laughs> time well, that, he he kind of chilled out on it as the movie went on right yeah I think since he was like super aggressive the first time yeah You're like okay <laughs> we yeah, get his, it we get it his shtick is that like he is so horny that he has to to beat off like every, like seven times an hour? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's wearing. Everybody a, loves it too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they love it like, because this is so crazy. This guy must have really hairy palms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and all the kids are like, I mean, that's so cool about this movie is like a time capsule. Is that you know, not everyone has a podcast in 1990. Uh, so there's a novel, a novelty factor to someone who is not part of the system being on the air, doing whatever the fuck they want. The kids at school, um, everyone tunes in. So you get these montages of kind of people listening in their bedrooms, in their cars, like out at the driving around out on like parked on the football field, parked wherever, um, like cheering and listening to it in little groups, um, or like secretly listening to it in their bedrooms and then if their parents walk in they have to turn it off because it's because of the x-rated content mm-hmm. so i don't know did that give you kind of like did you ever have a relationship like that to radio or to like any kind of radio like love line type radio shows no but i used to watch it, was not, it wasn't a ra- not radio shows but i used to watch undressed on mtv and what that was it like, came on at like came on at like 10 30 11 p.m and i was, it was like, like a soap opera it was a really racy like series on mtv oh, and we weren't allowed to watch mtv or vh1 when we were kids and yeah. so i would turn off all my lights and then i get really close to the tv and watch it like whenever it came on like every tuesday night or something so wow. similar but not report a, you yeah i don't know but not a radio station and have a tie to one um yeah i don't i don't know if i listen to like talk radio a time i feel like loveline was almost on maybe a show by the time 
like an t- actual TV show mm-hmm. by the time I was listening to it. But there is something even in this age of um, of on demand podcast. There's something a lot different about. I mean, it's the same with watching live television now that that's now that everything is like at our fingertips whenever we want it. The the kind of excitement of watching something, whether it's sports or just someone talking like theoretically when anything could happen it's not already pre-recorded it's it's not like it's you know there's a real electricity to christian slater's monologues in this movie and he's taking calls which um leads to kind of when the movie takes a dramatic turn ashley did you think that the movie was going to go into these dark places um i had a feeling because it can't it has to have some type of disruption it can't always just be like oh he's so like scandalous and cool and there has to be something that makes him question whether or not he should be on air yeah so, so what happens let's go ahead and explain it. yeah so he as you mentioned he gets letters from fans sometimes um most sometimes they're made up which he did a call earlier that was a completely false um claim and then this other guy um wrote him in a letter that said he, he thinks he's going to kill himself and you're like oh shit like but he doesn't know if it's real or not. And he talks to him on the phone for a bit and he's not like encouraging him to do it or anything crazy, but he does not tell him like not to do it, right. but he tries like, to like, like how, how serious the, the, yeah. the, the person who submitted the letter, his name is serious, right? Yeah. yeah very Mr. serious. Or, or, yeah. Mr. Serious or so like, where is the gun? Do you have it in front of you? Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's, it's a tough, I mean, yeah. it's a tough scene for like five yeah. minutes or so. And then he realizes like, oh, I don't think this is a joke, but I don't know who this person is. And they hang up and then the high school kid um, commits suicide, which is. Yeah, we don't until like 10 minutes later. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think we know until they find out at school the next day. Mm -hmm. They kind of leave it on a little bit of an ambiguous note. The thing is about his persona is, well, one, he takes these letters and he has kind of like a deal with the audience that if anyone writes their phone number on the letter he has to call them yeah uh so the guy included his phone number once he gets him on the phone he's he's not being cavalier about the situation at all he's being Mm -hmm. like he's sort of not not pushing him at all but he's like he's the guy's worldview of things being fucked up is consistent with christian slater's view of things like he understands that the guy would be um would feel you know Dis, disenfranchised from from the world and it's just kind of yeah he doesn't he stops short of saying don't do it and that's what yeah. he kind of yeah. uh holds you know over his own head later mm-hmm. in the movie but but yeah he is almost treating it like a crisis line in the sense where he's like asking him practical questions like you know do you have an implement to to mm-hmm. carry this out and, like do you and have so, your do you have your letter ready like you can yeah, just yeah, yeah yeah without letting people know why you're doing this and then he even tries to like he like relates to him he's like i'm also like super lonely i just moved here like i understand how you could feel like it's just kind of yeah i haven't like talked to anybody moment. today aside yeah. from you mm-hmm. which he which seemed like he was bringing it around and then the kid on the other line just hung up and then he yeah. could get back a whole back yeah, we're phone off the hook. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we're probably supposed to kind of take away from that that there was no, there was no change in his mind. Right. It was more just like a final. Um, that was his letter. Was yeah, a final was goodbye to, was to Christian Slater. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so at least he, I mean, at least he got that. Uh, but, but yeah, the movie takes a very um, dark turn at that point when kind of he sees because yeah. it goes from. I mean, he's in his basement, kind of like like we are um, podcasting. Like, you don't know. Um, we don't get a split screen of like our audience driving around listening to it. Like right. when you're watching the movie, it's clear to the audience that he's having this reach and really connecting with people. But he has, and no he idea. knows, like they're like confiscating tapes at school. I guess there's murmurs, but he's. It's actually the only way he can have the confidence to do it is for him to kind of pretend that he's just talking to, to, you know, talking to the, the space. Yeah. And um, he has a voice, um, changer modu- or whatever. So vo- don't voice even, modulator or something. Yeah. That, so you don't even changes. know like what he sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They don't, that's how he keeps like his, his 
secret alter ego, basically. I mean, he's he's Mark something by day and, and hard Mark Harry. Hunter. My, uh, Mark Hunter. And then hard Harry by night. And then at school, he's the complete opposite persona from from his radio persona. He won't he like aggressively won't talk to people yeah. <laughs> at school when they try to talk Which to him. Which is his true self. And the radio is his one uh, medium which he can actually be himself. Yeah, they're both. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're both yeah. they're both his true self. I mean, he like has kind of true a, has almost car- caricature type parents where they are completely oblivious to what's going on. At one point, they sort of tried to to have a real conversation with him, but he's he just completely blows them off. So he's got no mm-hmm. relationship with his parents. Um, At least as long as he makes good grades is what yeah. the deal was. Yeah, they leave him alone if he gets good grades. Mm-hmm. Um, his dad is connected to the school, sort of. What's his new role? Like, I want to say he's like almost like the supervisor of the board or something. Like he's, he's not like day to day. No, but he's like, but he's important. But he has like the power to get rid of yeah. to fire people. Like principals. yeah, and there and there also um there's also like new kid in town component. So he, in addition to probably always being a bit of a loner, he did have friends in a social community on the East coast. And then he moves of all places to Arizona. Um, there you go, Derek. And Which is not where the film was shot, but no I, California, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but still, it's still nice to, you know, have yeah. Arizona AZ representation. It looks uh-huh. like AZ. There were yeah. some AZ license plates. I was, I was, I was looking at the deets. Yeah. Nice. Um, but anyway, yeah. So after that, uh, that turning point in the movie, he kind of unleashes, he decides to go back on air, does a little bit of a memorial, um, kind of like plays a, a song uh, for the guy and then launches into probably his most like uh, passionate monologue of, of the movie. And everyone's listening because of what happened. And here's a portion of that speech. They say I'm disturbed. Of course I'm disturbed. I mean, we're all disturbed. And if we're not, why not? Doesn't this blend of blindness and blandness want to make you do something crazy? Then why not do something crazy? It makes a hell of a lot more sense than blowing your fucking brains out. You know, go nuts, go crazy, get creative. You got problems? You just chuck them, nuke them. They think you're moody. Make them His voice isn't that disguised. Make them think you might snap. They think you got attitude. You show them some real attitude. This is the cutting between the radio and crazy. Hey. No more, Mr. Nice Guy! Wreak ah! havoc. Yeah, and um, right as we're cutting off there, the one of the popular girls at school has gathered up um, all of her medals or whatever in her college applications and yeah. random <laughs> shit yep. and put them in the microwave. And because he says, like, literally in that little speech, like, just nuke it, nuke your. She's like, <laughs> <"Don't."> okay. <laughs> yeah. So she, she, and there's an explosion in her kitchen. She gets injured from it. He's like inspiring, um, for good or bad, um, inspiring the, the, his fellow students to unleash, to not repress their anger, not bottle it up, um, to spray paint the school. I mean, he's not giving them any, um, specific instructions, but he is channeling their rage. Um, Ashley, did you think that was a responsible, um, healthy, cathartic thing for him to do? Or, you know, should uh, he have just gone off the air? No, I think it was healthy. I mean, he's a high school kid as well. So you can't expect him to have all the answers. So I think right. like his rebellion by being like, I'm new here. I don't know anyone like fuck this school. It sucks. And then kind of bringing it to light and all like the corruption that we'll talk about maybe, um, yeah, yeah no, that's... I don't think, and I think that, I mean, I think their reactions were warranted. I mean, a lot of the kids are really unhappy. Like one of the girls was found out that she was pregnant. And so they just expelled her from school. So, you know, right. there's a lot of like underlying problems within this high school. Yeah. There was this subplot with the principal being kind of pretty evil in the sense that to maintain, we've got the, we've got the best SAT scores yeah. in the mm-hmm. state. And I, that never really clicked until the very end. I don't know if we want to go into that just yet, but. Well, just that the way she was, I, I, it was almost lost to me in, in the, in the events of the movie, but the way that they were maintaining the academic record was by expelling anyone with the, you know, finding kind of flimsy reasons to expel people that, that were dragging down the GPA. 
basically. Mm-hmm. And I think if you get, well, I've, I have no idea, but maybe in this movie, they said they assume that like, if you get like the highest SAT scores, then you probably get more school funding and different things come to your school. Right. I would right, just right. guess, I'd assume. Yeah. But she definitely didn't care about helping the students or looking mm-hmm. out for their best interest. And, you know, I mean, the stu- like most movies, the students have a very antagonistic <laughs> Yeah. relationship unless it's a movie like where you have an inspirational School teacher rock. that's changing yeah that or dangerous minds or something uh, where the poet society yeah, yeah yeah there you go there are there are counter examples of course but but yeah they don't really come to a happy resolution in in this movie with with the the schools um mm-hmm. what about we need to talk about the kind of uh relationship at the heart of this movie Christian Slater isn't the, I mean, I don't know that he was trying to do a good job of disguising his identity, but he leaves plenty of clues. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and this one girl from the library uh, who like tries to talk to him at one point and he, he brushes her off multiple times uh, is quickly onto his trail. And so, so you'll yeah. find me sitting on a, one of the staircases at the school reading a book. Yeah. Found you. <laughs> yeah. And then Nora found her. Found him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Nora um, is this kind of, you know, um, alternative uh, punkish uh, girl that works at the library. But I was also like, she's like in the sort of the popular circles, right? She seems mm. to be, when no. she was walking around the schoolyard, it seemed like she knew she was kind of like in the. I think she was in the middle like she knew everyone but yeah, she wasn't like a yeah. popular but, click yeah yeah exactly yeah well she's not like a complete outsider or anything right. but but anyway she's drawn to him and uh follows him to the she's sending him like really uh, raunchy letters right that he yeah. reads on there yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like kind of like um, very raunchy <laughs> it's kind of like the letters that um uh, James Vanderbeek gets in oh, yeah. Rules of Attraction. Mm-hmm, <laughs> one that's of my, what I was thinking of. Yeah. One of my favorite movies, um, <laughs> but doesn't end uh, as tragically, fortunately. So, so yeah, they um, they eventually get together. I don't know, Ashley. What did you think of that whole kind of uh, side plot? I like their relationship. Yeah, I think in, a, in a, as a whole, I really like this entire movie a lot. So, any piece of it, I just really enjoyed. But I like their relationship, and you could really sense their on screen chemistry considering they're in a real relationship and they were like going on a year oh, really? at the time. Mm-hmm. So they're actually legitimately dating when they filmed this. Yeah. And this was her breakout. I mean, her basically not her breakout, her first movie role. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she would go on to be in a couple other movies with Christian Slater, including Broken Arrow, like six years later. So Samantha Mathis. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. De-, De Niro. <laughs> oh, Okay. Yeah, Samantha Mathis is um, very classically blonde, and this character was always meant to be kind of like a alternative, uh, dark-haired, raven-colored hair brunette, um, and so they immediately dyed her hair and made her look more punky. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it works. They definitely have chemistry. They definitely have sort of he. I would say if there's anything that's weird about his character, it's just that I don't know if anyone is really this like this has Email. complete alter egos it like was this. that too extreme yeah yeah i mean you know i i could see the circumstances forcing him to be very introverted but it is kind of a movie convention to have him like be so charismatic mm-hmm. <laughs> on the radio and then just completely uninterested in talking to people in real life but yeah but then but then he ends up opening up a little bit to her and then yeah. When he's he getting does. arrested, he's like, talk hard, da, 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 and like does this whole thing without the mic, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. He definitely gets there by the end of the movie. Um, before mm-hmm. we talk about that, what did you think of the soundtrack of this movie? It was awesome. Yeah. This whole movie, just like the relationship was great. The soundtrack was good. His radio DJ pirate thing, awesome. Like, I just, I love this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I, also, a, I also, I don't agree. have like a critique really. So fun. Mm hmm. Yeah, and his whole um his radio, his taste in music is very eclectic. I mean, it's all alternative um or not it's all not mainstream music, but it runs the range from like alternative to punk to hip hop early like hip hop music as well. So he's like 
you hear the kids at school playing the songs that he introduces them to. I don't know if we're supposed to think like the uncultured um, people in Arizona hadn't gotten this music yet. <laughs> and he brings it from his cool, like, you know, Northeastern. That's coast. what I think we're supposed to look yeah, like. East Coast. Yeah, so like, oh, this is crazy, you know? Yeah, yeah I, I hadn't really thought about that. that while I was watching <laughs> it. But I guess like wherever he came from was probably closer to a big city than yeah. where the movie is set. So he has an opportunity to kind of introduce them to stuff they haven't heard yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the music is all over the map. Uh, I was reading that it's basically very much to the taste of the film, the, the director, Alan Moyle, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very much just kind of like the stuff that he was into at the time. And, you know, we're watching it in 1990, but coming from 2021. So you do the math and this music um, you know, things like the Pixies, of course, and stuff yes. are, are very well uh, trodden territory at this point. But at the time, this movie was like ahead of its time musically. So mm-hmm. that must have been really cool um, for people to get introduced, just like the, the characters in the movie. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. What else? What else did you love about it, Ashley? Hmm, what else? Did I, I don't I mean, we, I think we touched on most of the, the key points of it. I mean, it was cool to see like the kids kind of acting out in their own way to kind of have their own identity. I like that. I liked, uh, actually, cause I liked the majority of the movie. I'll talk about what I didn't really love. Oh, just like one, like a little piece. Okay. The, en- the ending. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about the ending. What happens? Um, so basically he's getting found out for his identity and they're driving down this hill where all the kids are waiting and listening to his radio station, him and his lady and the cops are chasing him. It's pretty crazy. The FCC then, finally traced his, that, yes. his radio oh, yeah. signal. They're in a Jeep pr- yeah. broadcasting mm-hmm. on the road. Well, I guess we, we should have mentioned, sorry, not to interrupt, but like we should have okay. mentioned that, that there's drama for like the last four, 30, 45 minutes of the movie where once the station blows up and, and is on the news and stuff, the the local police are after them. They bring in the the FCC and they're mm-hmm. like triangulating the radio to point <laughs> out all these like... But even these, before that, they were... Uh, they brought in like detectives or yeah. the FBI or something. Yeah. And they went to They're his post office his box, which is mm-hmm. where he received all his all of his fan mail. And the one thing that I thought was was, was the most to the school. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He he covered his tracks like so. Yeah, like you just said at they the traced his phone call, and it was like an old couple next door. He's to using their line. Yeah, yeah. So that that seemed, that's what I wanted to talk about in particular particular real quick. So. The P.O. box, that made sense. He had it registered to somebody at the school. That's a good cover up. The phone line, he had it like hooked up in someone's garage. So he was, um, you know, like throwing. I mean, he was taking calls on a cordless and it was connected to the the line that was at a neighbor's house. But they, they say when they get there, it could be anywhere within a thousand feet. <laughs> yeah, how many yards. houses? A thousand yards. Okay, thousand whatever. Yards, how many houses are within a thousand? I know, I know. It's the suburbs, I was like, don't you just go to all the houses? They could have easily gone door to door. Um there's several the moments where they did though, that's that's tough. You'd have to get a you know a search warrant for every house. Exactly. That would take some time. Okay. Well, maybe it wasn't a huge plot hole, but I don't think he would have gotten away with it for this long, or mm-hmm. you know, maybe even attracted this much attention in the first place. But Anyway, Ashley, what bothered you about the ending? Um, so he, so as we're, we're talking, so he takes the Jeep down this hill. The police are chasing him and Nora. He finally gets arrested and he like throws his fist in the air, does something. It's like, talk hard. Whatever the other line he says, I don't remember. Probably his other like, no radio silence or I don't remember. But then it just like goes black and then you can hear all these different people like having different like lines, like their mm-hmm. own prior to radio stations. Yep. And I didn't really care about that. Like, I guess my thought would hmm. be, okay, he goes to jail and I want to know like more about him. Sure. And I think everyone finding their voice is great, but I don't think it had to be like that literal to like now everyone has a station. It just seemed like. Well, it's kind of an omen- homage, 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 homage yeah. to pirate radio where he helped spark the the idea of all of these other people creating their pirate radio well yeah i mean i was just gonna say i just i don't know i just didn't care for it uh um, I, I get i get what you're saying actually i mean it was 
it was a ref i mean not a reference it was kind of like a very literal um messagey moment mm-hmm. that like you just like exactly like you said everyone now everyone can have a voice yeah then again i mean that's exactly with you know i've referenced podcasting uh, several times that's the easiest analog but there's youtube there's social media like today um more than ever that seems resonant where you know maybe to a fault everyone had you know there's a everyone has a voice and is 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 broadcasting it and publishing it and Mm -hmm. so like including us of course um so i thought it rang true and was prescient but um but i would have liked more of a one of those what's the movie with uh oh can't hardly wait where they kind of do a recap of what happens to everyone i would have liked that better like the main characters i think that'd be I don't what know. did you want? So they they both get arrested. I don't really know what the um. I mean, at one point he's like, he's going. Con- they said what he was going to be convicted with. And yeah. It was, there were a few different things. I mean, he helped. He was part. I don't know what that would be considered, but he, you know. That, yeah, they were connecting him himself. to the death. Yeah. To assist, like assisted. And suicide then also the girl that got injured in her house when she, you know, uh, nuked everything in her microwave. That seems like a stretch. Yeah, they all seem like a stretch. I mean, I just wanted it to be more like a recap. Like, they could have had their own voice in a different way. As, and then I would have liked it better. Hmm. What did you want but. for the Mark and Nora character, though? I um, mean, if you were going to get that that kind of uh, recap. 10 years later thing. um, All the tra- charges were dropped. <laughs> and <laughs> he got out of jail because he didn't really do anything. Oh, and they got married and had a family and became just like they their parents. Have, they don't have to get married or anything. They can just and he started Capitol Records. They can open. Yeah. I'll say they can open a record store or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it 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 could have just ended with like a Breakfast Club type fist pump when yeah. he's when he's on you know giving his last talk hard and and then and I would then, find like, with that too. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I guess like I said, I I totally get where you're coming from, but I thought it I thought it was kind of really predictive <laughs> of yeah. the future. So. I, I liked it in that sense. I also, um, since we're doing settle the score, uh, <laughs> I was very excited when I saw the name Cliff Martinez in the opening credits, the composer of the movie drive so and good. yeah, some like more modern soundtracks that are, that are really awesome. But there was very minimal scoring in this movie because there was so much, uh, you know, actual soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Uh, in music, but there was a few moments where his kind of like synth score came in. So oh yeah, wanted to wanted to acknowledge that there were a couple of really good synth scores. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. I I guess he had been working since the the late '80s, but I didn't know his name until until Drive. I don't think so. I thought he was more of a modern a modern phenomenon, but he's been uh, a lifer. So good for him. Uh, Ashley, anything else you want to talk about before we uh, hit the Poetry shop. That's what it's called. Poetry shop. (laughs) Shop on the corner. Um, No, I don't have anything else. All right. Well, let's. Well, Ashley, take us to the poetry corner. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Was that weird? Yeah, it was kind of strange. Hey, Ashley. (laughs) True. Hey, who's that over there on the corner? It's Ashley. (laughs) A mic and a radio. Okay. Okay. Drew. No, no, no. Drew, take us. Take us. Take us out from that. Okay, and now for Pirate Poetry Corner. I don't know why I had a list. With a Dracula yeah. voice. <laughs> so, okay. Ashley, you're out on the corner. You're going to do some poetry. All right. All right. All right. All right. Okay. So, this is my poem for Pump of the Volume. <clears throat> Christian Slater plays Mark Hunter, a hot but awkward teen. Think Lainey Boggs from She's All That. Without glasses, she becomes a queen. He moves to a boring new place where he wishes he was back east, but try and get good grades to please his parents, at least. He's a loner by day and a pirate DJ by by night, who, I shall mention again, is a babe. Am I right? He transforms into Happy Harry Hardon, the charismatic DJ, who evokes change in the small town, although the adults don't think it's okay. With his absurd fake masturbation, vulgar songs, and a recent suicide in the mix, but the depressed teens need a voice, a choice, a reason to do more than just exist. Because as Mark Hunter, a.k.a. Harry Hardon, once said, being young is sometimes less fun than being dead. Bravo. 
Thank you. Beautiful. <laughs> Got to choose all that reference in there. Yeah. Got the a lot of, a few more hard-ons. Yeah. <laughs> probably um, get off of the poetry corner now because you just look like you're soliciting something else other than poetry. Okay, bye. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, as usual, you reminded me of one more thing I wanted to mention. Just that what is so, I think, um, universal about this movie and, and makes it hold up so well, aside from the music and, and all the, like, you know, and Christian Slater's bod. Um, mm -hmm. is the genuine emotion behind the message. Like the movie just opens with a, like all his monologues are perfectly delivered and very cynical takes on the high school experience and the state of America at the time. Like rather than celebrating the excesses and the good fortune and having like you know, kind of just a glitzy, fun, rich looking high school. He's exposing like Heather's the dark mm -hmm. underbelly of the high school and American experience. So all that shit like <laughs> still holds up. Yep. Well, um, had to get the last word in there, but before we give our final verdict on pump up the volume, let's take a quick break from our discussion and see what's playing on. In our ZY radio. Nerzy. Nerzy, yeah. <laughs> Check this out. <laughs> I want the best. I won't settle for less. Since Cupid shot my heart, I'm stressed. The love I feel is real strong. I can't for a long time to be unless put it in song. Oh, yeah. Well, the song you just heard was Romeo by Dino, moving up seven spots to number 26 on the Billboard Top 100 for the week of September 7th, 1990. And now, without further ado, it is time for everyone's favorite and only segment on new release <laughs> radio, Rank the Blank. Pew! Ooh. Oh, I like that. Yeah. This segment is where we pick a topic inspired by the week's movie and rank our personal favorites. This week's topic, favorite radio voice. Oh. Aside from mine. Yeah. Special criteria, <laughs> which uh, Derek conveniently took off his headphones for. Do they have to be a radio voice or just kind of have a voice for radio? I don't know if we're going to have any selections huh. that are just like iconic you know think morgan freeman think mm -hmm. um pamela anderson i don't know like whoever has a signature sultry <laughs> voice um not pamela anderson elvira elvira yeah so i think we stuck to radio people that appear on the radio in movies but we'll see ashley um before we get to our selections do you have any honorable mentions you want to shout out I do, but I cannot mention until we talk about our selections. Hmm. None of them? I just, Wait, you did one. this once again. What? So each this week, is where I we have an Instagram. Up. We have an Instagram, by the oh, way. Oh, shoot. I, I feel like you just set this up to, for me to fail. <laughs> I'm asking you or some for some examples. From yeah, but the, the way movie. you phrase it, it doesn't seem like honorable mentions. It seems like the other one. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I have some honorable mentions. Um, okay. Hang, hang tight. Can you plug our Instagram really quick? We have an Instagram. And it's at? It's called, it's at New Release Podcast. Yeah. So each week we will put out a poll to ask for submissions on whatever the rank the blank is going to be. We'll announce the movie that we're watching. So uh, follow New Release Podcast yep. on Instagram for both the poll and a IG story about the rank the blank. Before we get to the results of the Instagram poll, which I didn't ask for, Ashley, <laughs> do we have any honorable mentions? What a jerk. Uh, yeah. So Jeff Bridges in The Fisher King, Clint Eastwood in Play Misty for Me, The Wolfman in American Graffiti, DJ and the Warriors, nice. and Samuel L. Jackson as Senior Love Daddy in Do the Right Thing. Hey, oh, yeah. he's taking... So my DJ name is Dirty Daddy DJ. Oh, DJ, Dirty Daddy. DJ Dirty Daddy. Yeah, Triple D. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Sorry. We, sorry. We forgot to 
plug Derek's new DJ Instagram handle, Dirty Daddy Derek. Is that what you just said? <laughs> Dirty DJ Derek. DJ, DJ Dirty Daddy. Okay, DJ Dirty Daddy. That's probably already taken. Um, <laughs> but we'll see. Um, yeah. So Ashley will share the results um, or add the results from the Instagram poll to our selections as sort of a tiebreaker if it comes to that mm-hmm. so let's get into the final round the first nominee as always is a item from the movie itself so in this case that would obviously be christian slater as harry Hardon in Wait. pump up the volume are we not going to do the instagram poll no oh, derek <laughs> no because it ties into our answer our, our responses at so new release yet. podcast on instagram oh my gosh this okay. is good we should be plugging it more good 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 point Derek. but you did miss when ashley said that after she wasn't supposed to say it in the first place <laughs> christian slater is the first nominee ashley who is your nominee going to be i am going with robin williams in good morning vietnam so Dead on impression thank you i don't know yeah thanks <laughs> um but he does about like 15 impressions within like four minutes and he's extremely entertaining. He's smart. He's witty. He's helping the troops laugh when they shouldn't be laughing. Yeah. I don't know. It's pretty, it's, it's really good. He's that's, an, that's an iconic role and, and it, it's showcases the range of his talents. So mm-hmm. great choice. Um, for me, I am going with Adrian Barbeau as Stevie Wayne in the fog. Ahoy mateys. It's a fog bank rolling in Antonio Bay, 1886. Is he a ghost? Uh, She is a lighthouse DJ. So she hosts her radio show from a lighthouse on the uh, California coast. Um, It's the setting for a John Carpenter zombie pirate movie. um, Perfect. Featuring killer uh, pirates that are coming in with the fog on a ghost ship. So lots of spooky elements. Some of it works, some of it doesn't as a movie, but what is the reason I always go back to the movie is because of like just the ambiance of her broadcasting from the lighthouse, basically. It's <laughs> it's yeah, an cool. incredible setting and she comes on the air at like midnight every night. So it's for like the late night sailors. And as you might imagine, they have a bit of an impure relationship to her voice. Derek, speaking of impure, <laughs> what's your choice? Mine? Daddy D- Derek. Sorry. DJ. DJ Daddy, Daddy Derek. Derek. Just call me Triple D. Yeah. That's what all the girls call me, Drew. I've heard. Yeah. Drew's a girl, so call Triple D. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Daddy. Uh, so, yeah, thanks. Uh, <laughs> so... So my uh, rank the blank this week is Howard Stern. It doesn't necessarily have to be from the film that he was in, which did not receive uh, was which was not received well. Was it not? I thought it was like a cult hit now, at least. Only because only because it was outrageous. It actually critically was not reviewed well. So Hmm. so private parts, Howard Stern in private parts. I know that uh, rank the blank doesn't have to be from a movie specific, especially for favorite radio voice. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, you didn't go but, with Alex, jo- Alex Jones. No, but uh, yeah, so Howard Stern, he's vulgar. He has explicit content. Uh, he's He had Pamela Anderson on before to ride the Sibian. I hope your mom's not listening to this right now, by the way, both Drew and <laughs> Ashley. She's not. Uh, so Howard Stern is my choice. When um when did his show start? I'm trying to look this up because I mean, in 1986. I okay. was also wrong about private parts. So yeah, I thought it was, it was well, anyway. better than I thought. It's a good it's a oh, good biopic. Okay. Like it's it's just fun. I mean, you know, he's playing himself in a story that follows the trajectory of his career. his ascendant career. So it kind of has like a great story arc because it's real life. But um and he's good at playing himself. Yeah. Uh but what I was yes. gonna say is that the, he, was, he was on radio from 1986 to 2005 until he got a serious uh, satellite radio in 2006. I, I read a few. Strong. I read a few long interviews with the people that made um, "Pump Up the Volume," 
And since Christian Slater is basically a, a shock jock style DJ, mm-hmm. they didn't reference Howard Stern in any of the interviews, not that they were hiding it, but, you know, masturbating on the air, making like crude, vulgar noises and stuff. Yeah, probably was inspired, inspired by him, um, yeah, even yeah. if they I were already like working on. I think yeah. they approached it more from like an underground radio standpoint than like a, being a shock jock on a mainstream radio. Yeah. So maybe that's how it differs. But certainly the content has some overlap. So that's interesting. Uh, Ashley, where should we start with the ranking process? Well, I got to vote for a good morning in Vietnam through Instagram. Oh, so. convenience, convenient, convenient. So what's that handle? Uh, new release podcast. Excellent. At the ampersand. Well, new everyone knows it's podcast. at. I think we should. Not everybody. We should go from never plugging anything to nonstop plugs. Overly plugging. Okay. I think we're at um, five plugs right now. That's I'm a lot gonna... of plugs. Uh, you, I know you, Daddy has a lot of plugs in it at all times. Ew. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> I'm going to go for ranking these. I'll probably put, I might shoot. I like, I've never seen the fog, but I like the concept of the lighthouse. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's interestingly our only female Mm -hmm. representation. Not that that has to make it win, but these are all other we've got. I mean, where does Harry, Harry hard on rank? It's hard to choose between him and Stern. I mean, Stern's yeah. been such a an iconic voice, but he's almost he's just oversaturated himself and kind of, you know, worn out as well. I don't know. I mean, he's just I think Christian Slater's towards the top. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I would say if I had to rank these, I would put Robin Williams first. <laughs> and then I would do um Christian do they Slater. have to be on the radio or just have a voice for it is one of the special criteria. Yeah, yeah that's you you're probably pushing the limits the most but they so were... so i guess robin williams in uh good morning vietnam would make sense especially with his um impersonations or yeah impressions yeah. Mm-hmm. impressions thank you yep and yeah Christian, so... oh let's let's factor this in christian slater isn't using his real voice Ooh, does he get those points call. for that good call yeah because this is about being the reason i like the reason i chose my selection and have modeled my entire new release radio <laughs> after her dulcet tones is because I like like that smooth, sultry radio voice. Mm-hmm. Robin Williams is more of like, I mean, a zany, comedic Which I character. Prefer. Sure, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking of like that classic, like, just like... Boring as uh, fuck voice. No, it's, I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, it's meant to be like, this it's is just going for it. It's just going for a different yeah. thing. Rush um, Limbaugh, that's fine. Just kidding. So if we're pitting, I would say Robin Williams over Howard Stern because he has yeah. more vocal range. Howard Stern has to rely on kind of like bringing on other. He can do some characters, but he's more just trying to be provocative. Um, I would I would do Robin, Adrian, Christian, then Howard. Bam. Okay. Derek, and any objections? For, for not using his real voice. No, I think that's that's acceptable, especially with the special criteria that was uh, made aware to us prior to this podcast. Moments, moments, moments yeah. before. 30 seconds. <laughs> After you've made your selections. I won, um, I won. Yeah, Ashley won. Nice. Breaking you my yes, yes. Three incredible weeks win streak. Yep. Did All it. right. Congratulations. Play if my I had, clip, please. If I had Howard Stern, I would play the clip and then surprise you guys you have to say spin that shit dj daddy ashley if yeah you want to spin that shit dj daddy Derek. <laughs> wicka wicka okay. <laughs> triple d good morning <laughs> vietnam That's hey this is not a Force test this is rock and roll time to rock it from the delta to the dmz is that me or does that sound like an elvis presley movie viva dinang oh viva <laughs> Oh, denying, denying me, denying me. Why don't they get a rope and hang me? Hey, is it a little too early for being that loud? Hey, too late. Yeah. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh, my God, it's early. Speaking of early, how about that Cro-Magnon, Marty Drywitz? Thank you, Marty, for silky I'm smooth sound. Make me sound this. like Peggy Lee. Good morning, Vietnam. What the heck? Because then he goes to this stuff. But he yeah, goes through, like, within, like, five minutes, he goes through, like, 
I don't know, like 35 jokes and like 10 impressions. impersonations. It's really, it's incredible. Yeah. Well, good job, Ash. And awesome performance by Robin Williams. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Cool. Well, what an honor for him posthumously. Well, and on that lovely note, we are going to wrap up on new release radio this week and deliver our final thoughts on pump up the volume. But before we do, daddy's going to spin you a killer new track slicing through the (laughs) charts to debut at number 62 on this week's billboard top 100. Spin that shit. DJ daddy, daddy, Derek, Derek, dirty, Derek. Dangerous daddy. How many? uh, Yeah. How many do you want? Dirty. It's DJ dirty daddy, but you can call me DJ dirty daddy, Derek. So that's quad. That's quad D quad D. That was in I in excess. In excess. <laughs> why, I, why did I, forget? Excess. <laughs> I started to say in and then anyway, in excess with Suicide Blonde. Now back to our feature presentation. Ashley, mm-hmm. what's the word on the mall streets for pump up the volume? The street mall. Uh, <laughs> people are loving this movie. Loving, are loving, they? loving it. Yeah. Just like me. Just like us, I think. Um, here's what some of the critics had to say. Pump up the volume is the kind of movie that hits home. It touches on real emotions and is a reminder of just how darn, how darn awkward it is to be a young adult. True. Um, the perfectly cast Slater effectively propels the film, his intensity and dry delivery, giving it a definite edge, as does a soundtrack, which includes Ice Tea, Concrete Blonde, and the Cowboy Junkies. So what we mentioned before, the soundtrack's killer. Christian Slater's amazing. Movie's great. Um, However, I mean, it was really good, but it did not win a lot of awards. Um, <laughs> it did win the Seattle International Film Festival Best Film Award. They get a golden, it's called the Golden Space Needle, which is cute. Oh, nice. Um, so they won that, which is awesome. Um, and then as far as new release or old news, would we recommend this? What do you guys think? Derek, do you want to start? Um, yeah, sure. So I would I would absolutely recommend it. It's a great film. It definitely brings you back to the 90s, which we'll we'll get into here in a few, where people were actually listening to the radio and recording their tapes, like recording mm-hmm. the radio on tapes, mm-hmm. sharing it at school or you know, within your friend group. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Uh you're not playing by the rules. No New release <laughs> or old news. Yeah. I think you should watch it. <laughs> <laughs> good uh, luck finding it um, new, yeah. new release new release yeah. absolutely hands yeah. down or um rather yeah check get the get the latest blu-ray um, um hands hands down yeah mm, oh yeah 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 uh, it's okay sorry <laughs> oh boy daddy's excited he's gotta so, go Dirty absolutely Daddy. a new release for me um finally i got to see it Finally, um, I know I know what it's all about. Uh, I I loved it as well. I mean, it's it's not Heather's. I mean, it's it's pointless to compare it to yeah. other stuff. Oh, but, definitely not. That I that I love, but but yeah, it's it's a great kind of um, early Christian Slater performance and and just time capsule of of music and and everything else and just vibes from the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. acting showcase. Um, fun nostalgia for the technology that's being used that is kind of <laughs> basically obsolete, uh, unfortunately now, but there's still a magic to it, to live broadcasts. So I would Ashley? also say new release and Christian Slater's a babe. I'll make you I'll said that already. again. I know yeah. I'm just saying it again. He's so attractive. Wait, okay. so are we going to Mark is it is Mark or hard on uh, a little bit of both. Yeah, he's got the glass. He's got like a Clark I like his Superman thing going mm-hmm. on. Yep. Yeah. Um. So, how did it pump up the volume do in the box office? Did it make the cut? Um. Did it as spin we heard, its way to the top. Oh, good one. Nice. As we heard in the the trailer at the top, it was in a few theaters a couple weeks ago, and then opened last week. So this is basically week two, and it is 
Not number one. Okay. Not number two. Um, uh, Ghost. Not number and, three. And Dark Man. <laughs> Ghost and Dark Man are still duking, duking it out at the top. Ghost, of course, is just going to be there for the rest of the year, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, Flatliners, even, is number four. Wow. Scoot on down to number 10, where you find The Exorcist 3. <laughs> oh no! One spot below that, you'll find Wild at Heart. I'm just going by the ones that we've watched. Oh no! And then just below that, you'll find Pump Up the Volume. At, so what okay. number? at number five? twelve, oh um, five. I don't yeah. know. I wasn't keep. I was, I was hard yeah. to keep no, track so there. This is actually so. This is technically its third week. It's 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 made a it made a decent amount of money in the first two weeks. I think it's already made back its budget. So it's not a failure by any means. Um, mm-hmm. It's just kind of well on its way to cult status. Not too big, not too small. Perfect. Just like the size of Daddy a baby's arm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Size of a anyway. Okay. So on the scale of one to 90, how 90s is this movie based on music, wardrobe, actors, tropes? Um, right now we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with 89 out of 90, House Party with 84 out of 90, and Pretty Woman with 82 out of 90 to round up the top three. Yeah, I mean, pretty 90s. It's very 90s. This movie is going to definitely compete in the top three. It has to. Yeah, for the first time in a while, I think the the same thing that um, uh, the same argument that I had for House Party, where for a movie to feel 90s in the year 1990 and being made in the year 1989, it has to signal things to come. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, it's the music, it's the careers of the, the main actors. Um, you know, not that Samantha Mathis was on the level of, of, um, Julia Roberts yeah. <laughs> or something, but her career would peak and, and continue through the nineties and Christian Slater. And Seth probably... Green. Oh yeah. Long hair Seth, Seth Green. Green? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I thought it looked like him, but there's no way that he was that yeah, old that... at that time. So that was him. That was Seth Green. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah, he'll be in a movie um, probably that we're watching later this year, actually. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know. I think that it is the range of music that it shows. We didn't even talk about the like preppy dude who has a sort of a, a bowl cut and a mullet. Yeah. Um, several other wacky 90s hairstyles, the wardrobe. Um it really checks all the boxes. I mean, I would put it above house party. Okay. Wow. So I'm going to just um, we, say this is the most nineties film that we've watched so far. More, well, not more than turtles, not more than Teenage Mutant turtles as much as I want to get yeah, turtles mean, at 89. I'm thinking an 89.5. I don't think it's higher than the turtles. Really? Okay. All right. Oh, I guess. For, yeah, Turtles gets points. I mean, like max points for I being what you think of when you think of the 90s. Like iconic I mean, 90s. Yeah. Yeah. That shouldn't be the only factor, but that's definitely kind of why I think that's why Pretty Woman is as high as it is as well. It's just kind of mm-hmm. it's like the definitive type of of rom-com that the 90s would go on to embody in Turtles just represents like a type of weird action kids movie that would embody our childhoods in the nineties, basically. So in toy lines and commercialization. So, um, hit rap songs that come out of the movie just becoming <laughs> a phenomenon that, that carries for two more movies. I think that's why turtles is higher, but I, I, I mean, if you just take them in a, in a, um, vacuum in a nutshell, uh, yeah. Ooh, Turtle in shell? a half shell. Yeah. Um, that's moisture the other day, by the way. By the way. Well, by the well. Oh. Oh, are we out of time? Oh, okay. I was like, what's going on? Um, I'm going to give it an 87 from the year I was born and the year Derek was born. Weren't you born in 87? Six. No. Oh, shit. I'm going to give it an 87. Yeah. I that works. Dis- okay. Okay. At least it, it makes top three. That's That's what I wanted. Yeah, it knocked out pretty well. It's really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, and I think that's cool because we haven't had anything come close in a while. I mean, Ghost no. is at 81, and that was back at the beginning of summer. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's cool. Exciting. We've got a Yay! new inductee into the standings. What's Top next? Three. Um, what do we want to include in the new release gift shop? So when we watch a movie, we take something from the movie, make it our own, and then sell it. So right now, <laughs> we have accessories for tarantulas, like camping gear and other like little cute shoes and shit. Um, that's for arachnophobia. We have alcoholic holy water from Exorcist 3. And then we do have a face mask mask off battle between us three to see who can sell the most faces. Yeah, we need to give an update on that. Yeah, where are this? What are the sales? I mean, uh, Dirty Daddy Donkey Derek has. Uh, um, I see a stack of them <laughs> over there. Yeah, they well, are definitely not selling had, that much. We he already had the stress ball, so I feel like people are like over his face, you know. Yeah, yeah, they exactly. Have the stress ball. They don't need another thing with his face on it. Sorry. Derek. Right, right, right. <laughs> so I mean, let's just cut to the chase. Ashley's face is selling like hotcakes. It's kind of creepy, but that's yeah, fine. I don't mind. <laughs> yeah, everyone Should in the mall your is face on is, a hotcake. <laughs> face cake sure yeah everyone every other person in the mall has an ashley face on it's starting to get it's a little Ooh, creepy yeah. yeah but we're making yeah. money guys you're welcome yeah um, no that's all that counts yeah so what do we want to include from this movie in our gift shop i'd like to announce a flash sale on oh. drew faces right now <laughs> no, enter, the, enter the promo code um dark man drew for um three percent off um and 3%? if you buy if you buy one i'll ship you 20 um oh. just so just you know you could have a drew party yeah yeah exactly three <laughs> percent off the price of one but it's buy one get 20 so i think they should have a drew ashley Derek party and everyone just wears our faces and then they have like a tournament yeah maybe we'll just because it's not because of such the imbalance in sales from now on <laughs> whenever you get you a random order. you get a random face Oh, whenever, I like that. Whenever you order anything from our store. Did you know that our initials are our dad, Drew Ashley Derek? Just saying. <laughs> Don't get me started. Or ad. Yeah, dad's funnier. Yeah, um, obviously. Okay, so what are we going to Or ADD. <laughs> or double D-A. Ah. Double D-A. Ah. Uh, what do we want to include from this movie and song? Yeah, um, wait. What's the question? What are we I trying want... to figure out here, Ashley? <laughs> what do we want to take from this movie and make it into the gift shop? Hashtag, what are we taking from this movie and putting it in the gift shop? Long hashtag. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Exit the gift shop. Hashtag, let's start it. Yeah. Hashtag Banksy. Uh, okay. What? Yeah, so a we microphone? did a mixtape at one point. I think we did some kind of like portable, for house party actually, we, we did, did a portable, yeah. portable DJ what, what? station. Yeah. Yeah, DJ care with a boom box. So this needs to be um, something. A, a vocoder. Or, um uh voice yeah voice or modulator or modulator voice that, hider thingy that but might compete a little exist. bit with a future movie what about his okay. glasses i really like oh them. man no. i thought you were gonna say what about his abs yeah, yeah what about I'll, his abs? No. I'll buy them. all his asses <laughs> his glass <laughs> no i said abs not ass <laughs> drew will um. take his ass um <laughs> We could do who DJs with their shirt off. I mean, aside from us right now. So there's one thing that does stick out to me. Oh, yeah. oh. No, no pun intended. Ow, but there is a gigantic penis that they have. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Carrying it around during one of the final like broadcasts that he has. It's just a gigantic penis that you can carry. Around. I, it, I, I like I've... the little wind up toy that jumped. That was also a dick. It looks like a chicken nugget from Burger King or something. Those little like jaws, those those like lips that you could wind up and then they would they would yeah, chomp they around little, those chompers. They had a little dick one at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> what if we did that instead? Yeah. I don't, don't want to sell just, a giant Why don't dicks. we have a... It's a two, gift shop for families. Oh, uh, but wind up dicks are fine? Yeah, because they're small, small scale. Kids will overlook them. Okay. Wind up any bigger we can't than a call baby's them, arm. B- b- yeah, we can't, can't call them baby call them wind up, Wind up Harry's. Wind up, wind hard up hard on. Harry's hard on. Oh, Harry. ah, it's close. It's close. Okay, we'll work on the title. What was yeah. um? What was the name of Mel Gibson's boat in Bird on a Wire? Oh my, God. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna remember this. Exclamation! Exclamatory? No, I don't. 
because we we have a, a product that's oh a mr wiggly flag mr wiggly that's <laughs> so right. we do have a whole section that we can adult section girl these adult protect. toys yeah okay yeah. so we'll do a wind up harry hard on harry adult i think we have some Dick. other adult stuff i think so and too. if you order one um, of these new products you will get a free face. randomized face of one of the new release podcast folks free faces yeah cool don't all worry right. about so okay so drew what's next what are we gonna watch next week yeah next week i feel like we have been waiting two years to see a movie that is starring this iconic all-time martial arts hero arguably and we have argued about it Chuck Norris, the right? best no. the best martial artist movie star I'd cover your ears of all time Jean-Claude Van Damme. and this movie <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to hell. He moves fast. He hits hard. <laughs> this is the man to beat in the hottest action movie of the year. Van Damme. You're not gonna last too long. Threat. No. Promise. Van Damme. Death warrant. Rated R starts Friday, September 14th at theaters everywhere. Yes, best Van, martial artist of all time. Van Damme's <laughs> iconic movie Death Warrant, which if you watch some of the other trailers, it's always a good sign when they just list off all the other movies he's been in. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's good yeah. at punching. It'll be um it'll be fun to see this legend in full effect. We got a Seagal movie. We skipped all the Chuck Norris movies, I'm pretty sure, but yeah. we can certainly find Never ways to compare them. But until next week, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can search New Release on Spotify or Apple or anywhere else you get podcasts. You can even tune in to a special pirate radio edition on NRZY 96.5. Ashley, take That's it away. That's a wrap. Oh, wait. That's a rrr, is a wrap. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah. Oh, great. Nice flavor. Roar. <laughs> <laughs>